And we are back, I believe, and hoping for some confirmation from home. Mr. Greg Tanella, if you're listening, that'd be great. Shoot me a text real quick. Um, all right, well, I'm assuming we're back. All right, cool. We are back on the air. Sorry about that, folks. Some technical difficulties. My name is Nick Tanella. Uh, here for Tanella's takes. We, you know, supposed to start two thirty. However, uh, a couple of difficulties uh, getting back. I'm very happy to be here, though. Very grateful. Very excited for this semester. Lots to talk about today. Um, a lot to catch up on. Obviously, my last show was in April of last year. I believe April. I don't think I did a show in May. Um, I am so excited to be back. So much sports to talk about. Some people to talk to. I know a couple people want to call in and air some things out about some of their teams. Um, a lot of things we can get to. Um, just want to talk about myself real quick. A uh, little bit. Uh, my name is Nick Tanella. As I said, did a show here last year. Tanella's Takes on Sundays. I forget. I don't even remember what time. I think it was like 4 o'clock. Uh, now we're doing 2.30 to, f- 2:30 to 4 o'clock every Sundays now. Um, starting today, uh, will be for the whole semester. I'm super excited and, uh, well, let's get right to it. Um, here until four o'clock today, big story, right? Going on right now, started about 15 minutes ago, the NFC championship game, Eagles Niners, um, a lot on the line for myself as a Giants fan in enemy territory. Good Lord was last week. Horrendous. Um, you know, as a Giants fan, I was very happy about our win over the Vikings, but I knew we'd be running to the buzzsaw that is the Philadelphia Eagles, who, holy crap, what a team they have been this season. I don't know how they've played today so far. I actually haven't even seen any of the game. I don't even know the score right now. Um, obviously, they're just getting going, but uh, who knows? Um, if anyone calls in, I'd be happy to uh, hear the score right now. I don't have access to the interwebs at the moment. Um, working on that. Anyway, yeah, it's definitely a huge game. I guess it's kind of late to do too much of a pregame talk on that as it's already happening. Um, Eagles, man, what a team they've been all year. Well, they have like 13 wins, I believe. Um, I didn't expect it. I'm sure Eagles fans did. Um, Maybe they didn't. I don't know. But what a force to be reckoned with. Um, Two two first-round picks next year, too. Um, I was looking into that. A couple of my Eagles friends, fans, reminded me um, how tortured I'm going to be by the Eagles for the rest of my life probably as I've been for the majority of my life up to this point um, they have two first round picks um, after this year so they're only going to get better uh, that's quite concerning as a Giants fan to hear that the team that won 13 wins is going to get two first round picks and lord knows uh, I'm sure a few others second third rounder actually I don't know if they have a second rounder this year I gotta look um yeah, I, I was going to give a score prediction. Uh, I guess it's kind of late now. I actually don't know the score, so I'm just going to put it out there. I'm going to go Eagles 23, Niners 20. Um, I'm going to be disappointed uh, in, I don't know, probably a couple hours when the game ends. Uh, I'm going to hide because they've already greased the polls. I don't think they greased them here, but I already saw online that Philadelphia is preparing as a city for what could be another Super Bowl run for the Eagles. And good lord, I you know I was lucky to not be in Philadelphia in 2017 when this happened, and I am now very close to the epicenter of. Uh, I'm only 30 minutes out of Center City, um, going to school at Rosemont, doing a show here at Villanova. Um, 
it's 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 not fun. And you know, with the Phillies also being good um, <laughs> this year, <laughs> I mean, we rolled right from Phillies World Series, and I'm I, I don't I forget what week or um, I know it was like week thirteen or something. Forget I remember when the Giants played the Eagles. I, I want to say that was a week or two after the World Series, and then we got smoked by the Giants. Got smoked by the Eagles then. So I have been. Living in Philly sports world for more than I'd like to at this point. Um, a lot of people have made it quite clear how good their teams are to me, and it's uh, it's lovely. It's it's certainly lovely. Um, another quick recap we'll run through. We can go more in depth in these games too, but I want to just talk about them real quick. Get to a quick commercial, and we can take some calls. Um, the AFC Championship game. Chiefs, the Bengals. Um, definitely a little bit of a surprise, I think. Everyone was expecting a Bills-Chiefs AFC championship. They've just been the two best teams in the AFC for the majority of the year. I know the Bills had their struggles throughout, but um, it seemed after the Mar Hamlin game that they had something else to play for, and I think a lot of people expect them to use that as uh, some good fuel to uh, go out there and win for their teammate. But, however, they ran into Joey B., uh, Jamar Chase and the Bengals, and wow, what a game that was. Um, the Bengals coming into Buffalo and just stepping on the throats of the Bills in the snow, mind you, too. I mean, this was this game had Bills written all over it, and from the get-go, I mean, the, the Bengals scored on their first drive. I don't know if it was their first two in a row drives. Uh, I remember they, they scored on their first drive like, like it was nothing. I mean, they were just rolling down the field, and that kind of set the tone for the game. Um, and, and Joe Joe Burrow is really truly emerging as um, a really great playoff performer. I mean, last year showed that um, no one really—I don't think anyone thought that was a fluke. I never really heard that. I didn't really think that. But now doing this again, and you know, granted he's a great team around him, but doing this again and um, just the way he goes about these games, you know, Joe Burrow just really never looks phased. And he talks about that. How he talks about his preparation, and uh, that's what really keeps him calm. Um, it's it's pretty cool to watch uh, seeing guys like that just come in there and do their job. And uh, yeah, the Bengals, they've looked pretty good this year. But I mean, when the Ravens gave them a run for their money in the first round, I think a lot of people, you know, didn't think they're necessarily the same Bengals team that was just you know coming through late. Even though they did come through late against the Ravens, I don't think anyone expected that to be a close game. But uh, yeah. They're, the Bengals are rolling, man, and I think the Chiefs fans got to be scared. I mean, the Bengals are talking a lot of crap online, a lot of their fans. Um, the mayor of Cincinnati, I believe, referred to Arrowhead Stadium, which is the home of the Chiefs. I believe he referred to it as Burrowhead Stadium and asked the Chiefs or Patrick Mahomes if they could get a like a like like one of those like paternity test to see if Joe Burrow was the father. Like, this was an actual video put out by the mayor of Cincinnati. It was really funny. But this was a real video put out by a real mayor of that city. And uh, Bengals fans are, you know, using that and other things online. They're very confident uh, going into Kansas City today. Um, and they I, I, they should be. The Bengals have looked good. And let's face it, Patrick Mahomes will be playing hurt today. Uh, I don't even know how he finished that game the other day uh, on the uh, – well, it was like a, was it his ankle? Yeah, I think his ankle was. Uh, I don't know if it was a sprain or uh, I, I forget what they uh, dubbed it. But um, yeah, that was that was quite the effort. But I mean, the Jags, the Jags, the what, they have six, seven wins, seven win Jags. Um, had 
you know, they gave him a run for their money that game. And obviously with Mahomes being out, um, you know, changed things. But we'll see, man. But, you know, it's hard to count the Chiefs out in the playoffs, but it's starting to be hard to count Joe Burrow and the Bengals out in the playoffs as well. So we'll see. We have two great games today. Like I said, the Eagles game did start about 20 minutes ago. So we'll be talking about that maybe a little bit. Um, I have some friends working down there today, which is pretty cool on the field, I believe. Um, pretty cool stuff there. So a lot of things we can talk about. Um, you know, I haven't been on the air since April, so we can talk about plenty of things. We can talk some talk some football, obviously, is the main story today. Baseball, I'll be happy to talk about. I mean, NBA, too, a uh, local sports story I find very, very interesting is uh, the Joel Embiid whole MVP candidacy and how he really is not getting talked about enough. I think he's starting to get talked about more now, but he is having an amazing season, and I hate the Sixers. I don't like Philly sports. Um, I'm getting a call. I will be taking that after the break. Um, I don't like Philly sports. I don't like the Sixers, but, man, he's having a great year, and I think he's not getting nearly enough credit um, for what he's doing. So, anyway, we are going to hit a quick commercial, and we will be back um, WXVU is proud to announce that we are not that we were nominated for five different 2022 to 2023 IBS Media Awards. That is the International Collegiate Broadcasting System Media Awards, including the best overall station. It's because of listeners like you that this kind of recognition was possible. The winners will be announced at the IBS conference in New York City in February. For full details. Uh, check out WXVU.org. Great website. Um, a lot of show information's out there. I believe you can actually listen to the show through the website as well. Um, and I believe, uh, I think it's still Radio FX is the app. I might be totally wrong on that. I got to look into that. Um, so you want to stream it on your phone. So anyway, we will be back after this quick break. This is your Smooth Jazz Weekend. Hey, this is saxophonist Phil Denny. Hi, this is Cindy Bradley. Hey, this is Kirk Whalum on 89.1 WXVU, Villanova Radio.
And we are back. WXVU 89.1 The Roar. Happy to be back. Um, hello, hello. All right, cool. Just making sure you can hear me. Happy to take your guys' calls now. We got about 30 minutes left. Shorter show today. Um, that's okay. I'm kind of getting my feet wet again still. So, um, yeah, just happy to be back. Lots to talk about football. This is definitely the main topic today. Just got an update from Graham back at home, and she says it's 7 nothing Eagles in the first. Shocker. Who would have thought? Jeez, what a nightmare. Um, anyway, baseball. Baseball is uh, – actually, before I get to that, um, I know Mr. John Ricky. I was listening at home. Um, big Chargers fan. Definitely was quite oh, – nah, <laughs> that's probably him. One moment, folks. And uh, Mr. John Riccio, you're on the you're on the radio. Can I hear you? I cannot. Hello, hello. Uh, hello, hello, John. All right. One moment. Okay. All right. Uh, maybe not. I'm a little rusty with the phone, so uh, bear with me. Um. Well, anyway, John might call in again. Maybe not. John's a Chargers fan, friend of mine. Went to Rosemont last year and now goes to Albertus Magnus Community College uh, playing baseball there. Big Chargers fan, and he has some words to say about his team. I know he was planning on calling in soon. John, if you want to call back. Um, I think that was you. It might have been you. Anyway, Chargers, man. Let's talk about that real quick. Um... What a game that was. What was that? About three weeks ago now. Chargers had a 27 to nothing. I believe it was 27 nothing lead over the Jaguars. And Jaguars just kept scoring. The Chargers didn't. And uh, Jaguars came out on top. I believe it was the one of the biggest comebacks in NFL history. I do not think it was the largest, but I think it was close. I don't really remember. Um... <laughs> I I know I certainly didn't expect that. I expected the Chargers to win the game outright. I didn't expect it to be in the way that it did. Trevor Lawrence had four interceptions in the first half. I think three in the first quarter. And I think at least three were to the same safety or uh, cornerback. I forget, forget who it was. Um, probably the worst first half of football a player could have. And yet he still won the game. Um, pretty impressive. I think. I don't know. I mean, I don't really know how you look at stuff like that. I feel like that game struck me very similarly to the 28-3 Falcons-Patriots Super Bowl and Super Bowl 51. Um, you know, in a big, like, comeback like that, and uh, football specifically is a sport. I, I don't think it's the same in all sports, but, you know, in sports with a clock, you know, if you have a big lead like that and you blow that lead – who is that on? Is that on the team with the lead that couldn't handle the clock, or is that, you know, is that uh, is that on the team that's making that comeback? I don't really know. I think it can be both, you know, to stay effective as an athlete in a game in which you are down twenty-seven points. You know, in football, that's what, um, that's basically four touchdowns without an extra point, uh, and one of them. I mean, is it my math right on that? Seven. Yep. Yep. My math is right. I can do math. I am in college. Um, yeah. I. I don't really. I don't know who to look to to blame or who to like commend on that. Right. It's like Trevor Lawrence. 
do I commend him for that game? I mean, yeah, he played a great second half, um, obviously, because they ended up winning the game. But I mean, he threw four interceptions in the first half. So, you know, in games like that, you almost you're not you you know, in a game as historic as that, you're never gonna forget that first half. But you know, you could kind of you can kind of you know separate it, right? Because the Jaguars ended up pulling it out anyway. But if Jaguars lose that game, even if it's close, the blame would have been put heavily on uh, Doug Peterson and obviously mainly Trevor Lawrence for throwing all those interceptions. But, you know, I think since they ended up pulling it out and then, you know, they did play the Chiefs competitively, you kind of forget it. But, I mean, man, what a terrible first half of football. But, yeah, they played great down the down the stretch in the second half. Um Sorry, messing with the phones. So, yeah, I, uh, that was definitely one of the most exciting games of Wild Card Weekend. I, I know the Giants game was great for me as a Giants fan. And, you know, Giants, friend, Giants fans that were uh, friends and family of mine, we had a great time watching it. Um, I think that was the most um, satisfying Giants game I've seen since they won the Super Bowl. Jeez, um, almost like 11 years ago. Um, I don't think they've played a game that well as a team since then. At least one that like mattered, you know, as much as that one did. You know, pulling it out against the Vikings. I think what really helped the Giants in that game was playing the Vikings. I think it was like week uh, 14. Was it week 14? I think it was week 14. They played them very well, and frankly, actually, they played them very competitively. But they didn't even play that well, and the Vikings won on a 60-yard field goal and in a game in which the Giants I think had like two or three turnovers block punt a lot of really crappy football and I think that gave the Giants um, the Giants team and the the fans a lot of confidence going into that game Um, so I I know I had like this weird confidence about it I also had a little skepticism just because I last Giants playoff game was you know the infamous game in Green Bay in which Odell and the few Giants players went on that boat trip to Miami the week before the game when they knew they were going to be playing in the freezing cold Lambeau field. Uh, yeah, so there was definitely a lot of stress going in that game, but Daniel Jones played the game of his life. Um, Saquon had a decent game. Isaiah Hodgins had the game of his life. I think he had 100 yards in the air, touchdown. And he was cut by the Bills, I believe, this year. Um, pretty cool story. So, yeah, the, it was a great game for the Giants, their fans. It was a uh, Really satisfying to be a to watch, and you know, next the week after last week was uh, in Philly was rough, but I think there's a lot to build on for the Giants. But well, this is not a Giants talk show. This is, you know, I go to a whole thing about that. The other games that were pretty good: um, Cowboys Niners last week, very interesting game. Um, that was like the first game I would say the Niners. Um, well, not the first game because I mean, yeah, I don't like I don't like Brock Purdy's lost yet, right? Um, that game was very interesting. I mean, the Niners have been rolling the second half of the year. Um, even with, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo going down and Brock Purdy stepping in, he had, they had missed a beat. So to see them struggle like that was definitely very interesting. Um, it, it really was not an easy game for the Niners or the Cowboys. I mean, obviously they lost, but, you know, it was a really hard-fought game. But, I mean, that game ended very interestingly. I mean, for one, Dak throwing that interception late definitely – burned them but uh you know not that the Cowboys really had much of a chance after uh you know on that last drive with like I don't know 
30 seconds left and no timeouts or one timeout. I forget what it was. I think it had no timeouts. Um, very interesting way that that went. So obviously with Dalton Schultz, he he their tight end. He's had a great year for the the Cowboys. They uh, he kind of costed them. So the first pass they threw to him and they threw like an out route. Um, the 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 Niners made a really smart play. I, I forget who it was in defense. So rule this rule in the NFL, which I honestly forget a lot, and until I end up seeing it, is uh, if you get kind of if you go out of bounds backwards, the time doesn't stop in the clock. I don't really know the reasoning for that. I don't know the origin of that. I just know that if you go out of bounds, you know, like and you're going backwards actively, I believe is the rule. I might be botching that a little bit, but um, the time continues, and you know, you know when there's a lot of time left in the game, it doesn't really matter, but when there's, you know, 20 seconds left on the clock and you need another 70 yards, you know, you got to make sure you are getting out of bounds and stopping the clock, and that, that that kept the clock running. And the Niners, great play on defense for that. And the next play, I believe, was another out route, or not another out route, but uh play to, I think, I guess you call it out route. Dalton Schultz going out of bounds, and he only had one foot in, and obviously, you know, I think it's easy when you're sitting on your couch, you know, to yell and scream at the TV and, you know, complain and, you know, why didn't he get his foot in? But it was very strange because you see a lot of these guys have a lot of success for that. I mean, especially when there wasn't anyone too close to him. Um, just get that second toe down and or second foot down, and uh, it did not happen. Um, he was out of bounds. I, I don't even know. If they were, I think they had to go to review for that. Um, and then, yeah, then the they, had, they got the ball back. So it was an incomplete, or no, was it incomplete? I forget. Anyway, anyway, so that last play, of course, has been mocked online for the last week because it was very, very funny. Um, the Cowboys tried, I guess, what was m- supposed to be a trick play of sorts. Um, they had Zeke at center and no one else next to him. Their entire O-line was spread along, like to the other two sidelines. Dak, you know, under center, took the snap. Zeke gets absolutely leveled, so Dak has like half a second to get the ball off. They throw a slant that's immediately shut down, and that was the game. It was such an anticlimactic ending. Um, Dalton Schultz's two uh, botches, um, the two plays before that, definitely prevented the Cowboys from being in hail mary like range. I mean, they were they were no they were seventy yards from the end zone. Um, it wasn't gonna work, but yeah, it was definitely definitely quite the ending there. Um, Kind of satisfying, I guess, as a as a Giants fan to see the Cowboys lose. I mean, it kind of helped make the weekend a little better. I think a Cowboys and a a Cowboys Eagles NFC Championship would have been a disaster. I mean, at least I have someone to root for today. Um, you know, personally as a Giant fan, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't. It's, it's, I'm still worried about these Eagles, man. I don't know. Um, yeah, so I know a couple of you have been trying to call in. Um, just have a little trouble with the phones. I'm a little rusty with using them, so I apologize. Um, I may not be able to take any calls today. We only got about 20 more minutes. Anyway, um, we're going to talk some baseball. We're going to hit a really quick commercial here, and then we'll kind of just finish it out. Be done around 4. I appreciate you guys for calling in. But, hey, we got another 20 minutes. Um, quick commercial, though. We're going to hit that real quick. Um Join Jacob Arts and Zach Tipton for women's basketball action on Wednesday, February 1st, as Villanova takes on Marquette at the Fenarian Pavilion at uh, on uh, 89-1 The Roar. 
FM. Oh, oh my goodness, botched that. 89.1 The Roar. <laughs> Coverage starts at 6:40 p.m. Go Cats! Yeah, a little rusty. Stick with me, folks. Got another 20 minutes. We will be back. <laughs>
and we are back. 89-1 The Roar, WXVU, at the always wonderful Villanova campus here in Philly, not in Philly, um, Bryn Mawr, I believe is the town, but pretty close to Philly. Eagles are playing right now, don't have the score up, I probably should, internet's not really, I don't have the internet, can't my computer right now, not important. Um... So yeah, I know a couple of you guys are trying to call in. I apologize. I won't be able to do that today. I got to remember to look up how to do the phone again. I got it on my computer, but I don't really have the time to go through that right now. So if you were trying to call in and you're listening right now, I appreciate you. Um, I thank you, but uh, if you can call in next week, um, that'd be great. Anyway, um, let's talk a little baseball before we get out of here. Um, Phillies, man. Phillies, Phillies. Uh, heard about them every day for a month in October and November. You know, that four-week span, playoffs. It was a nightmare as a Yankees fan um, in enemy territory, watching my team lose again to the Houston Astros and watch the Phillies advance to the World Series, which is something my team has not done since I was, like, literally seven years old. Um, so love that. But from a... Let's talk, you know, non-biasedly now for a little bit. Um, let's talk. Let's talk playoffs first. Okay, so playoffs were uh, MLB playoffs were very interesting. A lot of upsets. Obviously, the Phillies going to the World Series was very unexpected. I did not see that coming at all. I thought they were going to lose the first round of the wild card round, two games and none, to the St. Louis Cardinals, who have Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt in the middle of their lineup, who were the one and two for the MVP vote. Um, Wait, yeah, Mike Goldschmidt won the MVP this year, right? Am I losing it? Am I losing it? Yeah, either way, those two were both in the top three of the MVP. I'm pretty sure Goldschmidt won. I, I feel I'm having a brain fart right now. So they have two of the best players in the sport, great team overall, and they lost to the Phillies two games, two games to none, I believe, which was what the opposite of what I expected. And the Phillies ended up beating the Braves in the divisional series. That was highly unexpected. Um, I really did not see that coming at all. Um, the Braves were great last year. They they uh, chased down the Mets all year and finally overtook them to win the division. Won over 100 games, or, yeah, I think it was like 101 games or something. And Phillies just went to town on them. They uh, they smoked them. I think it was three games to one. I don't even think they went to game five. Great series for the Phillies. Um, the Phillies advanced past the Braves. Looking around at the NL, um, the Mets, they lost to the Padres, also unexpected. The Mets Mets were great last year, um, and I did not expect that. All the Padres were very good last year. Trading for Juan Soto is huge for them. A lot of star talent on their team. Um, I mean, they were missing Fernando Tatis, but they made up for it having uh, uh, Kim at short, the South Korean ball player, great ball player. He uh, won a gold glove last year. He's a great bat in their lineup. Really did a great job of filling in. Um, and so much so, I believe they'll be moving Fernando Tatis to the outfield, I believe, is their plan this year. But that's a conversation for another time. Um, yeah, the Padres beat the Mets two games in a row in the wild card series to send them to the divisional series against the Dodgers. And what a great matchup that was. A lot of people were looking forward to that. Um, you know, the Dodgers are kind of like have been the big brother of the Padres for a long time. Um, in the regular season, and then just a couple years ago, the Padres, you know, they played them in the playoffs in that 2020 COVID year, whatever crap, um, and the Padres lost then too. But, you know, in recent years, the Padres have been building their team up 
a lot of talent on that team, a lot of star power, and this was the year where I didn't expect them to overcome the Dodgers, but I figured this was going to be the closest it was going to be. Um, the Dodgers had one of their best seasons ever. I, I forget how many games they won this past year. I mean, it was well over 100. They had probably the best one, two, and three in their lineup in I don't even know how long. Um, three Hall of at least two, if not three, future Hall of Famers. They had Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, and Trey Turner. One, two, and three. I mean, Mookie Betts and and Freddie Freeman will be going to the Hall of Fame. But Trey Turner's on track if he keeps up his uh the, the, his career the way it's been going. Um, so what an amazing one, two, and three there. And they still lost the Padres in four games. Um, Padres just outplayed them. They outpitched them. Josh Hader. Figured it out in the playoffs after having a rough regular season after getting traded to the Padres from the Brewers, which was a blockbuster trade. Um, yeah, the Padres won in four against the mighty Dodgers. What a surprising series that was. So the Padres moved on. Phillies beat the Braves, as I mentioned, and they faced each other in the NLCS. And at that point, I think everyone just expected the Phillies to never lose again, and they basically didn't. I, I forget how many games they won. The NLCS in, I f- think it was five. Um, yeah, it had to have been, yeah, because they won in Philly. So, yeah, they won in five games. You know, all they had to do was split in in um, San Diego, and they did. Kyle Schwarber in game one or two, I forget, hit a ball nearly 500 feet. It was 488 feet in the longest home run in playoff history. That is on record via StatCast, so I believe since 2015. Um that's the the tool they use to measure the uh, to track the home run balls. And anyway, anyway, so the Phillies beat the Padres and handedly, and my nightmare had come true. Um, you know, it's about to come true today, I'm sure. Again, when the Eagles go to the you know win the game if they, if they win today, um, Phillies go went to the World Series. I mean, like I said, I am about 30 minutes outside of the stadium. Very close to home here. Uh, a lot of Phillies fans making it quite clear to me how good their team was and still is. So, anyway, that was the NL in the playoffs. AL, don't need to go through all of it. I mean, I think a lot of people expected the Yankees and the Astros to face each other again in the ALCS. They're the two best teams in the AL this year. And my Yankees, man, oh my goodness. I don't know where they went for the ALCS, but they didn't show up, that's for sure. Um, you know, they, they barely beat Cleveland. Um, who was a very young team, a good team, but the Yankees should have beat them in three or four games, and they went to game five, and that was a struggle, which was the first red flag um, with the Yankees this year. And then uh, going into Houston, I, I thought, you know, I knew the Astros were the favorites. They were amazing this year as they've been for six years now, um, but I was expecting the Yankees at least to give them a fight, and they lost in four. Now, with that being said, I think that series still could have been a series if that game was managed better. I mean, I believe game one was like it was one one in the until like the seventh eighth inning. The Yankees got out of a bases loaded jam with Alex Bregman up, and uh, I think it was. I'm trying to remember. I've tried to forget that game when the that whole series the best uh, to my ability. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah. Anyway, they blew game one. Aaron Boone managed the bullpen poorly. Poorly, shocker, you know, story of his uh, career at this point as a manager. 
the Yankees lose that game, and after that, the Astros were not going to lose. You know, you got to win one um, when you're the away team. You got to win at least one on the road because if not, your chances of winning are zero because you only end up playing three games at home if you are not the one seed in the that league. The Yankees were not. The Astros were, and you know, they end up losing four games in a row. That's send them home, send them packing. So another year, another loss to the Astros in the playoffs for the Yankees. So the Astros advance, go to the, go to the, face the Phillies, and what really made me think that the Phillies were going to do the impossible was Game One, and I think that's after that game, people really thought the Phillies were going to win this World Series. So I'll give you guys a quick recap because we're we're going to wrap up in a couple minutes here. Game One, 2022 World Series, Astros get up early, five nothing. Um, Kyle Tucker hits two home runs in like three innings and you just think alright well it's been nice Phillies cute story but the Astros are a buzzsaw they're going to run through you Justin Verlander who won the AL Cy Young this year had like an ERA of 1-8 he was ridiculous um, had a 5 nothing lead and you just think that game's over okay whatever well, he blows a 5 nothing lead because Justin Verlander is the worst World Series pitcher in the history of the sport. That is a statistic, and I'm also a hater, but that's whatever. Um, blows a 5 nothing lead. The game goes to, to extras, and in the 10th inning, I'm trying to remember, I think it was JT. Did he hit the—he either tie, I think he hit the home run to give him the lead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he hits the home run to give him the lead, 6-5. So the short porch in right field, um, not talked about enough. Houston's short porch is almost as small, if not smaller, than the Yankee Stadium, but whatever. Um, and then Nick Castellanos comes in for a sliding catch to win the game for the Phillies in the bottom of the 10th. And, uh, you know, the way the Phillies won that game, almost impossibly, I thought, okay, this Phillies team is not going to lose. They, even they lose a couple games in the series, they're going to win the World Series. And that's what that's what it felt like, you know. Astros, of course, are going to take Game Two in Houston. They're not going to lose two games in Houston. Um, and then they go to Philly, Game Three. Phillies just smoke them. Um, what's his name? Lance McCullers and the Astros was tipping his pitches, and they just went off. So you're thinking now the Phillies are up two games to one. They need two more wins, and they will win the World Series in Philadelphia. And you, I'm, I'm sitting here in horror, thinking, "Oh my gosh, the Phillies are about to win the World Series." And I live 20, 30 minutes from the stadium, and everyone I know here is a Phillies fan. And I, I'd been talking so much crap on the Phillies going into it, but here we were. Game four comes. I think half of my team i play baseball at rosemont half of my team was at the game and (laughs) then philly's got no hit in the world series and oh my goodness that was such a great night the next day on my campus it felt like there was a funeral it was so funny watching these people feel about the phillies how i felt about the yankees for years and that is disappointment so anyway astros ended up winning the world series and uh that was my little little baseball rant there a little opinionated as i do with baseball it's how i get Anyway, um, we're going to wrap up here. Shorter show, but next week we should be good for 2.30 to 4 on Tanella's Takes here on 89.1 The Roar. Thank you all for listening. I know I have some family and friends who texted me. My phone's actually dead right now, so if I'm not answering you, I'm not being rude. I, 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 my phone's dead. I don't have a charger on me right now, so I apologize. I'll text you back as soon as I can. Um, I'd like to thank you all for listening. Um, I will be doing this for the rest of the semester. 
every Sunday unless I got a I'm playing a game um, for you know Rosemont baseball. That is what I do. Um, so yeah, two thirty to four. Tune in to Nellis Takes. Thank you all for listening. I'll see you next week. And uh, don't forget that the Villanova Tech Zone is a free resource for helping students, faculty, and staff troubleshoot their technological needs. Contact us at 610-519-7777. That's four sevens. I might have added an extra one. But uh, it is 610-519-7777. Chat with us online or visit our law school, Fall V Library, or New Commons offices. For more information, visit unit.villanova.edu. This is Nick Tanella signing off. See you next Sunday.